welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Massey. So Andy began his career as a physiotherapist, moved on to become a medical doctor. His last job was head of medical services at Liverpool Football Club, and he is now medical director of FIFA, which makes him the best person to ask about all things FIFA and all things COVID-19 in football. This podcast is brought to you by Hawking Dynamics, the world leader in innovative force plate technology. Hawking Dynamics takes a user-centric approach featuring a fully customizable cloud-based software that allows users to easily digest and analyze complex force plate data. The technology is constantly evolving, much like an app update for your iPhone. They communicate with users on a daily basis to make their system better. In addition to all of that, they also offer some of the most competitive prices for bilateral force plates on the market. And they're the only force plate company offering a completely wireless system. So, if you want to find out more, check out their easy intro to force plate section at www.hawkingdynamics.com forward slash blog. And the third and final thing I did was went online and looked to see if I could find an apartment in Zurich because um, <laughs> the place I'm renting is, is up in two weeks and I'm worried that I'm going to be stuck in England and homeless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like I can imagine that's a, that's a little bit of a, a time pressure, tricky situation. Maybe we've got some listeners who've got some, uh, some spare sofas for you in, in Zurich. Who knows? Perfect. It's spare sofas and a fridge. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> So, Andy Massey, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's great to have you here, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. It's an absolute pleasure. The most important one, and the one wants to know, right, is what's FIFA's role in the, the COVID-19 crisis at the moment? Well, th- this, this is an unprecedented health challenge that we're facing, not, not only at FIFA, but as, as, as medics throughout the world. It's, um, we've never had anything like this before. As world governing body FIFA FIFA's role is to provide recommendations um, and ensure that the football community are coordinating their efforts together um, now that's together with the WHO with national associations with um, confederations we've all got to come together and try and influence and help the public health measures measures that um, the the local health authorities and the governments are, are, are trying to highlight um, We've got a sort of duty of care to protect the players, the supporters, coaches, everybody involved in football. And in order to do this, we must take all the necessary steps um, to prevent this virus spreading um, any more than it is already. Um, And also, we've got to try and help and relax the burdens that so many of the health services are facing throughout the world. Um, so FIFA's role in it is more of a, a, a sort of a guidance authority um, to, 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 to try and help through that way. We, um, we've launched a couple of awareness building initiatives. Um, I think one of the points that I would say is that, you know, if I sit on a podcast and, and, and talk about the hygiene measures or the social distancing measures, nobody's really going to want to listen to me because they don't know who I am all apart from my mum who who still introduces <laughs> me to everybody as 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 her uh, as her son who graduated through medical school um <laughs> Mate, at least, at least your mum's listening to the podcast right like my mum <laughs> refused to listen to it so that's all good are you kidding me I'm sending it to her straight afterwards <laughs> you know but if I, I, I guess my, my, my point is if I'm talking about hygiene measures you have to just look at my kids and see that you know I, 
they don't follow the hygiene measures that I tell them. So, so FIFA's role is to try and get the, you know, the Alison Beckers of the world or the Lionel Messi's of the world, people with the following, people with the, you know, the, the, the status where the public are going to listen to them and, and, and grab all of them into, into videos like, like we've produced to try and promote these hygiene measure, measures, to try and promote the social distancing. Um, you know, the stark reality is people are going to listen to them more than they listen to me. Um, the other things that FIFA have done, um, you know, they, they are an organization with a lot of money. Um, and this is one of the, the ways that they can help spread that money. We've donated over 10 million US dollars to the, the Solidarity Fund that the WHO um, are running in response to the COVID-19. Um, I think one of the first things that we did as FIFA, because we can regulate a number of competitions um, like the World Cup is that the, the March and April um, internationals were, were postponed um, until a time where it's going to be more safe for football to resume again. Um, with regards to the, 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 the individual leagues, um, you know, they are regulated by, by different entities. All we can do is advise on that. Um, and that, that's sort of what we're, we're, we're trying to do, sort of what my day-to-day -day work at the moment is, is, is talking to all the different leagues and seeing what is best for them, what is best for the situation they find themselves in, what's best for the, 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 the area that they're working in. You know, at the moment, it's a little bit different to you know, say what's happening in England, to what's happening in Africa, to what's happening in Indonesia, to what's happening in China. It's all different areas and, and the advice is going to differ accordingly. Um, so I guess the bottom line is this is something bigger than FIFA. This is something bigger than football. We all have to come together. We all have to try and prevent the spread of this. And football comes second whenever there's, there's you know, the health of, of, of the world at stake here. Um, and we have to realize that. So I think that's the most important message, right? Like yeah, football's great and we all love football and we all want to watch it on TV, especially when we're stuck at home. But at the end of the day, yeah, we also want to live. So was going to exactly. be next season when this is over our fingers crossed so yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll always have football to come back to but there's just some more important things than football at the moment so at the moment football is cancelled um are there are there criteria that need to be met before it comes back again are there is there certain guidelines that, that you have in place or that will be put in place we don't have guidelines we've got recommendations um, and we work very closely with the world health organization for that so um they have a separate department which looks at mass gatherings now be that mass gatherings with sport be it mass gatherings with religious activities but we've developed a risk assessment tool for that now we we guide the separate regions separate um leagues separate associations, confederations towards that. It's all about um, risk managing. You know, you don't want to put the health of anybody at risk with that. Um, you certainly don't want to put the, you know, the, the, the health service under any further burden whenever, you know, we can see what's happening in the UK at the moment under, under an amazing burden and, and, and doing, doing a very good job in dealing with that. Um, so yeah, we've got, we've got guidelines um, that look at risk assessment. Are you allowed to share what they are, so we can we can hazard a guess at it ourselves, or uh, oh, uh, is that is yeah, that confidential? Uh, uh, no, 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 absolutely. Um, I can share them with you. Then you can put them up. Um, but they're freely available on the WHO website. If you look at their their advice for mass gatherings, um, that'll direct you to uh, an Excel sheet um, and and various point scorings. You know, it, it it deals with things a, a little bit more than just sport. You know, the the 
the infectivity, the 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 resources that you've got. It's yeah, it's 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 self-explanatory when you look at it. It's a, I imagine that's quite a, a complex document. Do you have the the ten second summary of it that we could uh, that we could hear now that, that saves us all that trouble? A little bit. We've used like a traffic light signal um, for it, so you can go through. It's 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 a flow chart, so you can. I like flowcharts. I like things being very simple. I always give the example that you know if 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 you have to resuscitate somebody who has a heart attack then that's the dead easy part of medicine. Whenever you actually have to sit down and think about rehabbing a hamstring injury um, that has also had an ACL reconstruction that has also got, you know, or in a female that has also got poor bone health, you know, we actually have to think of different things. Having one flow chart and following that's the easy part. So we've tried, you know, the, 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 the mass gatherings document has tried to follow a flow chart. Um, and depending on whether you answer yes or no on each of those, you'll come up with a, green, amber, or red. Obviously, red being something that the risk is probably too much. Um, amber, have a little bit of a think about it. Green, you might be in a position where you can go ahead with the sporting event. Cool. So with all that in place, um, and there's potentially no uh, start date, which has, been, uh, which has been suggested yet, what kind of impact do you think that's going to have on uh, football in general? Um, a massive impact, um, more probably more probably a massive impact on the players themselves. You know, I actually find this quite ironic. In my last job working at Liverpool, um, I was always talking about fixture congestion and how players, you know, seem to need to play over the summer now with the various international competitions. If you work at a club like Liverpool, inevitably you're working with some of the best players and those best players inevitably come from some of the best nations. So they don't tend to get a break over the summer, um, be it playing in Euros, playing in Copa Americas, playing in African Cup of Nations. They're, you know, it's, it's almost turned into a 12-month sport. So for the last six, seven years, I've been looking at these players racking up unbelievable loads, thinking, you know, they need six weeks break. They need more than that. So it's ironic now that this is being forced upon us. Now, having that six, seven-week break away from structured training um, brings with it its own risks, and so much as the players are going to have to get back into playing. And what we're, you know, what we know is that the greater number of pre-season sessions that uh, a player or a club has, the less number of injuries they're going to have through the season. We also know that ramping up a load too quickly leads to soft tissue injuries. And we also know that fixture congestion increases the number of injuries that you're going to have to deal with um, on the other side. Now, this COVID-19 and looking to return into football to try and complete a league is going to bring all three of those together. Um, I can't see um, many leagues saying, well, yes, let's have a, we're talking about a mini preseason. We're not going to have a preseason, we're going to have a mini preseason, which is going to be weeks as opposed to months. Um, we're going to have to try and finish off leagues before another league starts if that makes sense so it's going to be congested and we're going to have to try and increase these loads up to a, a massive amount so that the guys are able to play two possibly three matches a week bringing that all together it's what i call an imperfect storm um so the, the you know the 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 results of this on footballers it, it's going to be massive um we are you know me personally i'm a medic so we've got to look after the welfare of the players We've got to try and 
be realistic with it. We're going to have the fight from the commercial and the financial side of football who are going to want to get all of this together. We've got to stand up from a medical point of view and say, well, hold on a minute. These players, first and foremost, are people. We've got to look after their health. Secondly, they're employees of the team. So, you know, you're, you're under a health and safety at work regulations where you've got to try and do everything you can to, try to, to prevent any sort of illnesses or, or, or injuries at work. Um, you know, and, and, and try and get them back to playing so that they can provide a, uh, a, a service for the club. You know, they, they can play the matches that, that everybody wants to see play, but at the same time looking after their health. I think that's uh, that's the biggest one, right? Like, uh, how are you gonna? How do you justify playing three matches a week for potentially six weeks or whatever it might be, um, mm-hmm. without any kind of build up to that? So yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be yeah. a great great case study if it if it happens. Like, yeah, the, the research can come out of it is super interesting in terms of training, <laughs> but yeah. that's not really what we're here for, right? No, it's not. A, we, we're we're here to look after the 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 health. And listen, I I am not one of these people, or not one of these doctors who think that health um is solely about saving them from injury. It's it's also about performance because you've got to look after their mental health as well. You've got to look after their their ability to um to to, to make money for the rest of their career. So it, it, it's, it's about performance as well. Um, can you get them to a level where they can perform? It's probably just as interesting a point as can you get them to a level where they're not going to get themselves injured? Yeah, and I think you're probably not going to do either of those things and they're going to get injured and underperform. But hey, um, that's what happens if you have no build-up to tons of fixtures, right? So, um, Correct. This podcast is also brought to you by Gymwear. Gymwear have Flex. Flex is the latest product to enter the world of velocity-based training and it's developed by the team at Gymwear. Flex is the only laser-based system available and it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub-500 US dollar category. It's wireless, portable, and specifically designed for individual use with its own social platform and automatic training log. Flex captures all the critical performance and technique metrics that people demand from a velocity-based training device. Velocity, power, bar path, range of motion, and even bar position. Live feedback is delivered through the Flex app on every lift and the data is automatically stored for review. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from the competition at flexstronger.com forward slash VBT future. Moving on from uh, from COVID, it'd be interesting to talk about what you're doing now. So you've gone from a a club position um, where you've been a club doctor, head of medical, and you're now in a political position. How does that how does that work in terms of that that step that change? What's what's different now? <laughs> Do you know what? It's funny. I sort of think going from a club position to a political position. Um, I've gone from a club position that was so political to a political position that is so political. <laughs> so <I've got> to, <laughs> the bottom line is I've got to learn politics. Um, at no stage during my medical career did anyone sit down and tell me how to. Um, policies and procedures in place and it's I was trained to be a doctor that's something that I'm I I, I, I'm okay at doing I'm not a politician and so in one respect it's a completely different job I've gone from um, looking at I guess at Liverpool or I guess in club football or international football you're looking at the short and long term you're looking at 
short term, what can you do each day to try and increase the player's performance health? Um, what can you do that will allow them to train that day? What can you do that will allow them to get through two matches in a week? But you've also got the long-term strategy of, well, you know, what can you do that will put them in the best position to be able to perform through um, a very congested winter schedule? Or what can you do to get them to perform playing away in Europe one night, coming back, not getting a good night's sleep, getting ready for Saturday the next day? So there's a sort of a, a short-term and a longer-term strategy. Um, the job that I've come into in FIFA is is a lot more long-term strategy. It's a lot more about the policies about the, the procedures and, and with these policies and procedures that we're looking at at the moment, I'm telling everyone that they have to be time resistant. So if we're looking to increase the physical activity levels of children in a certain region, take, you know, take England for an example, you know, we have an idea, well, the, the, the obesity crisis is a crisis. How do we try and fight against that? Can we use football to fight against that? Yeah, we can. We can get more people playing football. There's one way we can do it. But the way we're going to do it has to be resistant to time because it's going to take an awful long or an awful lot of people to convince that one of our initiatives is enough to get right down to, say, the primary schools, the, the grassroots football. So if we want to change our mind, like I often did working for Liverpool, I'd change my mind about how to rehab, say, a quad injury from one week to the next. There'd be new research coming out, then we can jump on it straight away. We can't necessarily do that whenever you're talking about policies and procedures that have had to go through so many levels to get to where they want to do. So you have to make sure that they're time resistant at the very beginning. Um, so that's sort of a little bit where the politics come in. Um, I sort of rely or have relied on a personable approach in so much as if I want to talk to, say, our fitness department at Liverpool, it was dead easy. You go down, sit, you have a chat with them, you agree on something. That's your policy done straight there. If I want to do that to get to a confederation and then get to a national association and then go further and use the national association to get to their foundation and their grassroots, there's an awful lot more steps. And it's not just as easy as walking down the corridor and having a cup of coffee with somebody. So I've got to try and use this position almost to have virtual cups of coffee with a lot more people um, and try and convince them you know, that... We, we all want the same end goal. And as soon as you want the same end goal, as an in increased participation in football, then it's much easier to agree the steps in order to get that. I, I don't have all the, the right answers. I've got ideas in my head, but somebody might have a better way of doing that than I have. So let's have a cup of coffee and sort that out with, with everyone. Fantastic. So with that in mind, um, what are you looking to do in the future in terms of uh, developing policy? Have you got anything in, in the pipeline which... Uh which is going to make a big impact? Exactly that. Football participation um, across different regions, across different cultures, across different countries. Um, looking at the, the physical activity, looking at the obesity crisis. Um, those are the big things that I want to try and get my teeth into um, over the next couple of years. Um, we have... so. Like I was saying, FIFA doesn't just cater for the the World Cups for the the elite level. It's it's it spans football across the globe. Um, the things that I think will make a difference will be the things outside the elite level. Um, having said all that, we still cater for you know the professional football. We've we've got a lot of issues that are are coming up. Um, everyone knows about them. You know the 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 link between football and dementia. The link between concussions and 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 
um, sudden cardiac death, the, the issues that make the headlines in football. Um, we've got all those to deal with. Um, and, and those are the things that over the next couple of months I'll be hopefully getting, getting policies and procedures in place for. So in terms of what we discussed today, can you give us a really quick summary? Um, yeah, the uh, world is facing a, a horrible crisis with Corona. We've all got to work together to, um, to try and fight against it, stop its spread. Um, working in my job is a little bit different now than working with a football team in so much as we've got to look more at policies and procedures rather than day-to-day -day looking after football players. And yeah, I suppose to be, I'm effectively homeless. So if anybody can help me um, in Zurich, please drop me a line. <laughs> Excellent. Well, what a, what a way to finish it. So uh, Andy Massey, massive thanks for your time today. I really, uh, I really appreciate it. And I'm sure everyone does who's listening as well. Thanks very much for inviting me. Pleasure, mate. Cheers. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Andy for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really enjoyed this one, and I'm sure you did at home too. So before we leave, I want to point you in the direction of our five must-read research reviews on injury prevention. And I want to do that because... With COVID-19, we've obviously had a massive break from competition. We're all going to get back into competition. And I want to make sure that you guys have all the information you need to avoid unnecessary injuries when you come back. So that was in the show notes. Be sure to download it. Check out any more information at scienceofsport.com. And that's it. I'm Imat Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next time.